baby. Boy, crunchy guitars means it's another edition of the WCHL podcast with a player interview. I am the Commissioner Christopher Perry. This is the WCHL podcast, and coming up on this edition is a short, quick, very fun, very insightful interview with Central Oklahoma's Caden Muir. Now, before Caden's going to, I mean, you got to listen to this, because Caden's going to drop some uh, crazy names and some... Uh, he, I mean, just brushes with greatness left and right, and he's just dropping them like it's nothing, right? But hey, we get, before we get going, there's a correction that I got to make. You'll hear it. You'll hear me reference to Caden wearing number 23. He wore 23 last year. He's now wearing 21. He switched to it. Um, that's his number. He was. He's now honoring uh, by wearing 21. He's honoring his uncle Rob, who passed away from colon cancer. You'll t- hear him talk about his uncle Rob um, as part of his. Uh, history so hey enough of me babbling let's get to it um an interview with number 21 from central oklahoma caden muir hey there this is chris perry the wchl commissioner and this is the wchl podcast and on this edition we have a very special guest from the university of central oklahoma it's number 23 caden muir caden say hello to the people Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> now, Caden, listen, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. I know you're through with finals. Um, I'm presuming you're through with finals, correct? I am. And uh, yeah, I just uh, thank you for having me on. It's uh, it's an honor. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Come on. it's a, Nobody listens. There's only 14 listeners, Caden. So. Well, um, I know four of them are definitely uh, my teachers at school. They, uh, they talk about your podcast all the time. Oh, so no. I know. I, oh, yeah. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hopefully, they no, don't they hold that it. against you. No, they love it. Good, very good. All right, you want to you want to give them a, a little quick name drop, and then uh, maybe that'll boost you, get you some extra credit. Um, yeah, uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Tyner and Doctor Elliot. I know you're both probably going to be listening to this one, and you're going to post on Facebook. So uh, shout out to you guys, <laughs> uh, Doctor Tyner. That's awesome, and Doctor Elliot. All right, well, listen. Let's uh, let's get into this, Caden, and tell me. I know that you're from Wisconsin, but before I hit record, you said that you're uh, currently in uh, scenic Colorado. Yes. Um, and you're you're avoiding the the major winter blast that's coming through the wisconsin area uh, wisconsin is the home or one of the homes of hockey a lot of hockey going on up there i'm gonna presume that that's uh, uh how you got into it just because it's second nature for everyone that's born in the uh, madison area um yeah so it's actually kind of a funny little story so um my mom growing up lived right next to uh badger bob johnson no way who is- yeah, he lived right next to the the god of uh, Wisconsin hockey. Yeah, and so my grandfather and Bob were best friends. Practically, they would talk all the time and do a bunch of stuff together. So my mom was always used to being around the Johnsons, and we'd go out. Uh, they go out to hockey camps in um, in Colorado here all the time when Bob was running them, and then. Um, growing up, my mom lived next to Mark Johnson, his, uh, his son. Yeah, and then. Um, kind of created a relationship that way. Both my uncles played at Wisconsin for, um, for one was for Bob and they both won national championships there. And then, um, growing up when I got there, um, my next door neighbor was Mark Johnson. So he always had a skating rink in his backyard all the time. And so we'd be going over there and shooting pucks and doing all crazy sort of stuff just to hang around and, uh, be around and then watch my brother play growing up. And he played at the university of Wisconsin as well. And so kind of just hockey was in the blood. I'd say so. Now let, let me get this right. You, you, your mom grew up next to 
Bob Johnson. Mm-hmm. You grew up next to Mark Johnson. Yes. As in 1980, U.S. Olympian Mark Johnson, head coach of the Wisconsin women's team. That is correct. So did you ever did he did you ever pester him about uh, Lake Placid and and that whole scene in 1980? Uh, no, not really. I mean, he's he's a very modest guy. Like if you if you ever saw him, like you'd never know he was really the the guy unless uh, you really kind of knew his name and knew what he was about. But he just loved being. Um, just loved being the next door neighbor and just loved hockey and just kind of just would love to talk and do all that kind of stuff. So now I never really got to pester him about it, but I, I've asked him a couple questions over the years. Uh, now I run, um, I'm a part of his hockey camp out here in uh, Vail, Colorado every summer. I do uh, the camp for him and like, I kind of get like a question a year to ask him, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but like he, he doesn't really ever like to talk about it um, unless like he really gets into it. But um, for me, I just, I try to stay away from it, to be honest. How cool is that? Now, did he, when, when you're out there on the ice playing shinny in the backyard, uh, rink, did he ever sit there and just blow the whistle and say, Hey, hold on, you need to do this. Or did he give you tips, any pointers? Uh, no, I mean, not really. He used to just sit up there. Like you'd occasionally see him in the window, just kind of staring at you, just watching you do whatever you wanted to do. And occasionally he would come out and, you know, just kind of look at the ice and spray water on the, on the ice and kind of talk to you. And that was really about it. He just loved, he just loved when kids would come over and just skate around. That was like one of his favorite things. He just, he loved people watching kind of. Huh. Isn't that wild? Who'd, yeah. have, who'd have thought that? So, wow, that's kind of wild. And so you said you had uh, a brother played at Wisconsin. That is correct. And who was it? Your, your dad and, and, uh, and his brother played at Wisconsin and won national championships. You said, um, so my mom's side, so the ones uh, that grew up uh, next to Bob, uh, my uncle Jeff, he uh, won two national championships, uh, 70, uh, 77 and 79. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm mixing those up, I think, a little bit. Um, he won two with Badger Bob, and then uh, my other uncle Robbie, he won a national championship in 90 with the Badgers when uh, they were under Jeff Sauer. Wow, and that's a lot of that's a lot of heavy duty pedigree that you're uh, dealing with there with the uh, Maurer family, huh? Yes, indeed. So, so what? So, what's that like? Oh, I mean, we it's for me. I put I think I put more pressure on myself than anybody else. I mean, just knowing my family's pedigrees and you know my the whole family line. So my uncles and then. Um, my mom and dad both went to Wisconsin as well. My mom was an athletic trainer. My dad was a, a men's soccer player at Wisconsin in their first uh, couple of years of having a soccer program. So Wisconsin was always in the blood. I was always going to games as a kid and always wanted to get there. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it just didn't work out the way I had planned growing up. You know, the, the goal is always to play in Wisconsin, but uh, Central Oklahoma isn't a isn't a bad spot either. It, I mean, we treat it practically the same. So I'm getting the I'm getting the D one class. That's for sure. <laughs> well, we'll get to UCO, but uh, tell tell me uh, after after growing up, you played youth hockey there in Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking here at Elite Prospects, where you played for the Madison Capitals for a couple of years, and then you made the tremendous decision to go out West and play in Salt Lake city for the outliers of the Western States league. What was, uh, what led up to that? Um, yeah, just, I mean, kind of growing up playing, uh, Madison, like I always like had, I was always around family and always doing stuff that way. So I kind of just wanted to like kind of get out, um, on my own a little bit. And that's what kind of ultimately led me to Utah. Um, before I get to that, like, I mean, I had great coach coaches growing up, like, um, 
Um, just another crazy little story. So um, my youth coaches growing up were Chris Tansel and Barry Richter. And Chris Tansel played in the NHL for, I think, 10 seasons. He played for Hartford. He played for Detroit. He played for San Jose. And um, Barry Richter played as well. And I'm not as familiar with where he played, but he was um, he was a practice squad guy for the Rangers back in 96 when they won the Stanley Cup. Okay. So I kind of grew up with them and they were my youth coaches. So I was always, I, I got really good coaching growing up. And then once I went to the Madison Capitals, um, I had Joe Butcher as my coach for uh, four years. And his son is Will Butcher, who won the Hobie Baker in 2017 with Denver and won a national championship with Denver. And then um, I went on to uh, get coached by um, Garrett Suter, who was Ryan Suter who's in the NHL's brother and uh, Bob Suter's um, Bob Suter's son, who was on the 1980 team as well. Isn't this, isn't this crazy, Caden? You know, we, we always say, or I always say, even though I'm not a hockey guy, I've been told many times I'm not a hockey guy, but I always like to say that hockey is a very, very, very small world. Um, and there's a lot of tendrils from, you know, even if you're playing at Central Oklahoma or in the NHL or, you, you know, a U.S. Olympian, there's connections all over the place. And you're proving it. Holy smokes, if we were to look at your contacts in your uh, in Caden's telephone, I'm sure there's all sorts of uh, hockey folks that are there. It's not just, um, I mean, you're, you're rattling off guys from the NHL, U.S. Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, um, guys who were who won Stanley Cups or who are on teams that won Stanley Cups. I mean, that's just insane. Yeah, and, I, and I'm very lucky. And I'm very blessed to have that in my life. I mean, that I mean, it doesn't even include some of the you know more of the NHLers that I mean, my brother would bring over um, when he was at Wisconsin. You know, he had um, you know the everything like they would do a Thanksgiving, um, you know, and they would always come over to our house or the neighbors, the Johnsons, because Pat uh, Patrick, their son. Um, was on the team at the time. And so I got to meet, you know, Ryan McDonough and um, just a bunch of different legends of the game and just got to hang out with them and talk with them. And, you know, I was very lucky. My brother would always bring me in as a kid and let me hang out with them all the time. So it was, it was a lot of fun for me. So how many, well, let's, let's, who's the one guy or the one person that you were just absolutely starstruck by that you were just like, holy smokes, this guy's in my living room or next door, or I can't believe it. Um, you know, just, it was really, it's really hard for me to say just because we've had so many people and I've been very lucky, but it's not like a, like an NHL guy where I get to say like, Oh, this is crazy. But, um, in the summers I do get to skate with, uh, Ryan Suter. He, he holds a little like four and four scrimmage type of deal with a bunch of the older guys from the Madison Capitals, USHL and alumni. And so we kind of come through. And so, um, they do a charity tournament every year. So like Brian Elliott comes out and Joe Pavelski. So I would actually have to say probably, um, getting to skate would probably be with Joe Pavelski just because of, you know, he, how he plays in the game and then just watching him in practice, he doesn't, he doesn't take a, a shift off and his hand eye is just incredible. Like I'm, I'm trying to beat him on a, on a sauce pass cross ice, just being dumb. And that guy will just bat it out of the air, take it the other way and just go score. And then he just kind of looks at you and just smiles. <laughs> and it's just, it's just one of those things where you're just like, I can't believe I get to play with this guy because I mean, he's on just a different level than anyone else yeah. out there, but, he, and he's taking it just as serious in that as he does in a game and it's just like it's awesome to be around that's incredible that's that that is awesome that's that's very cool all right so joe pavelski 
All right. Well, here, let's let's talk about Utah. So you went out to Salt Lake to to kind of forge your own path there with yeah. the uh, Utah Outliers. And how did that? I mean, I you were out there for two years, so you must have liked it. Uh, yeah. I mean, Utah was a great experience. I love my billet families out there. I had two different ones. Um, they were great people. Um, actually, I had three just because uh, halfway through I had to move to a different billet home. But um, all three were great for me. Um, and then, you know, our coach, uh, Paul Taylor, you know, he was a great X's and O's guy to say the least. Like that guy, he played goalie, at, um, Eastern Michigan, and he was just lights out when it came to trying to teach you the game. And he would, he just showed it in a different light that made me help understand what was very important yeah. and what mattered. And, you know, I loved my time out there. I, you know, at the end, it, you know, unfortunately, you know, we had two rough bounces where, you know, we, we lost to El Paso in the Thorn Cup um, uh, round robin, and we, we should have probably won that one. And then, you know, we took Ogden, who was really good that year, uh, to, the, to game three of the uh, Mountain Division final. And, you know, we hit three posts, and it just comes out the other way. But um, Utah was great for me. I loved it. You know, I um, sometimes, you know, I wonder if I should have done something else, but at the end of the day, I really know, like I had a great time out there and that's what really matters about juniors. You know, there's not many people that can say, you know, I loved where I was living because, you know, my brother played in Waterloo and it, while it's a great hockey town, you know, sometimes it's just not ideal, like living situation. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a very small place. It's not Salt Lake city. So yeah, what, exactly. what's, what's that like going from a big city in Madison, Wisconsin to another big city in, in terms of Salt Lake, but uh, it's, it's totally different in terms of, you know, climate and uh, I guess just the, the area itself? Um, honestly, not, I mean, it wasn't too much of a transition for me. I mean, it, the biggest thing was just being able to understand that, you know, I'm on my own now and not, um, I wasn't with any family or, um, didn't have any backup that way. I had to just, you know, I was on my own and I had to present myself and be able to do certain things. And, you know, um, I lived about 45 minutes away from the rink. And so traveling that every day, was kind of the biggest um, difference for me. You know, I was used to, I mean, I'm used to having four rinks within 10 minutes of myself. <laughs> and now it was 45 minutes and I'm taking um, taking four different guys who um, at the beginning when we started hanging out, no one spoke English. And really? Like, we were, yeah, we were waiting on a, we were waiting, waiting for um, my billets to be ready. So I was with um, one of the, uh, the GM at his house at the time and literally it was like the house um the house of immigrants there was we had a czech in the house we had a russian we had a swede um and we had an Amer myself and a couple other guys and it was like um at the beginning i some of them didn't speak english so it was hard to like try to talk to them and translate and try to figure it out but you know you grew up really quick um and i grew up really quick in utah understanding like hey this is the real world like you're getting a little piece of it how does that work out? I mean, how do you learn to communicate with folks who don't necessarily speak English or, I mean, do you just, is there a whole lot of miming pointing in, uh, you know, pointing to your belly or pointing to your mouth or, I mean, how does that work? Um, yeah, a little bit of that and a lot of Google Translate. And luckily, you know, our, our guys, <laughs> they helped, they, um, they were willing to learn and like, they understood, I mean, they understood the basics of English, but they, it wasn't like, like crisp and you could understand it. So you had to really like translate. So it was a lot of like understanding at the beginning, which was, um, interesting for me because, you know, 
I mean, I've only had Spanish as my other language of understanding and I'm trying to trying to learn, you know, four different languages and try to understand other guys on our team, which just kind of became just something interesting for a while. Yeah, I'd say so. And how does uh, how does that work out on the ice? It's one thing to use Google Translate when you're at home or in the car driving to and from, but when you're on the ice, how do you, uh, I mean, how do you sit there and yell at your line mate to, you know, pass me the dang puck or something? Um, a lot of... Uh, for the beginning for us was a lot of shin taps and just like you had to bang your stick and then get to the board and you'd like pull a guy and just point and be like, I'm here, you here. And you go that way and try to just put in layman's terms for them. And it, you know, it, it sounds really demeaning how we did it, but it, it really did work out well for us. Okay. And, and I'm sure it worked both ways. It wasn't you guys. I mean, they were probably doing the same thing too, trying to figure it out. Oh, absolutely. And there were multiple times where, you know, a guy would, you know, bang his stick over my head and be like, what are you doing? And like, he would try to explain on the board and then you have to like, you know, find a third guy sometimes who kind of understood a little bit of both languages and tried to like translate it to you to get um, understanding. So, yeah. What's it like now? You, you mentioned you played for Utah and you had a couple of bad bounces, one against Ogden, but the other one against El Paso. Now you're on a team that's uh, basically an, a, a college version of the El Paso Rhinos. What's, what's that like for you? <laughs> Um, you know, it, they're, it, it's, it's kind of interesting to say the least, you know, I mean, I love those guys to death, hated them when I played. Um, but I mean, there, there was from when I was even in Utah, there was just, you always knew El Paso was going to work. And, you know, that's, I mean, they still bring that every day to our practices and that's just their demeanor. And, you know, I love them for it because it makes me better because they really they really do push and you know sometimes they get a little bit cocky on the El Paso train and that kind of <laughs> stuff and they talk about their glory days of you know not losing a game in one season and all that kind of stuff and winning two thorn cups when um when I was playing against them but you know they they really just they're they're very hard and working guys and it's it's a lot of fun to see and be around you know you know good players like to play with good players and they were they were really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's kind of cool. So they don't uh, they, they they wag it in your face a little bit, but not too much, huh? Yeah, just a little bit. They they like to they like to throw it out there, and uh, I mean, it, it's a little bit in the locker room. You can see it, but it's I mean, it's all in fun. You know, they whenever someone's chirping, they just like to throw it out and say, "Well, you know, hey, what have you won? I've won this," <laughs> and just like you kind of throw little jabs at each other. But that's just part of it. Yeah, that's when you can throw out all your. You can you can say, hey, listen to this podcast and all the people that I know, the people that live next door to me. Holy smokes. Okay, so you, you're out in Utah for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You, you play a year at Post out in Waterbury, Connecticut. Before we get to, to Post, oh, what, why? and I know that you wanted to go play at Wisconsin there for the, for the Big Red, but yep. um, why didn't you, uh, I mean, you, you've achieved your goal of going out on your own, you lived two years, you found yourself. Uh, found some independence. There's a lot of NCAA D3 hockey in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why Connecticut uh, versus, uh, you know, Gustavus Adolphus or River Falls or something like that? Um, you know, I never, I never got to talk to those schools. You know, I, I, t- I was in contact a little bit with um, um, Concordia in Wisconsin and then um, a couple other, uh, Fond du Lac was another team that I was in contact with, but the you know, it just uh, was unfortunate where, you know, at first they just wanted me to play. Um, I, I really wanted to play Division Three. That was always kind of my goal. And 
I never got that opportunity and they just were like, you can play on the ACHA teams and move up and we'll see if you can work, work your way up kind of deal. And I just really wasn't, um, feeling a part of that. I really wanted to be in Wisconsin. That was my first goal was to come back to Madison or come back to Wisconsin at least and hang out and play. Um, but it just never really worked out. And so I, I mean, I kind of looked at myself and I had, um, that post was my only division, um, division three offer that I got. And, you know, I looked out, I mean, I had out West and I tried that and I had the Midwest, which I tried and I was like, you know what, why don't I try out the East coast and see what it's like? Cause then I've lived every single state yeah. or every single kind of region. And I will kind of just see if I like it or not. And I mean, it just was unfortunate. Um, the way it turned out, I thought I would really like it and just COVID and everything really just, um, changed a lot of my perspective um, in my family and just realizing that I was missing home a little, a little much. And the East coast just wasn't for me. Um, just, I didn't understand the demeanor and, um, just like the kind of, the kind of people it's, it's a little bit of a culture shock for me. And it just, once I went back to Madison during COVID, I just, I felt like I was at home and I was like, I need more of this. And, um, then I started looking for teams. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, true confession time. I'm a kid from born in Lynn, Massachusetts, grew up in, in Cambridge okay. and now I'm here in Oklahoma. Um, and so I kind of get what you're talking about and maybe, I mean, let, let me ask you this and let me see if you agree or disagree. The pace of life back East is a little bit faster, but it's also a lot gruffer. It's, um, there's a, it's not that people aren't nice. It's that people have their shields up all the time. And so they're always, when you smile or when you say, Hey, how's it going? They're like, well, what is it you want? You know, what are you trying to get out of me? Whereas here in the Midwest, whether that's Wisconsin, Oklahoma, or even further West, I think people are a little bit more open to, you know, politeness, if you will, or, or just to other people. Is that, so, is that what it was for you that, that the East coast, you know, just wasn't for Caden? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just nailed it right on the head. Just that's exactly what it was. Okay. All right. Well, very good. But the, the other thing that I don't know if you figure this out, but out there in the East coast, it just always blows my mind. It here in Oklahoma, especially in the West, everything is on a nice straight line system. You know, roads mm-hmm. go North and South, they go East and West. You go back east and everything's a freaking horse trail or a deer trail. And, uh, you know, they just wind all over the damn place. And you, yeah. you, you can't give directions to go, uh, you know, two miles east and then turn north. You've got to go, you know, three, go three lights, take a left, and then take six lefts after that. And you'll end up, you know, where you need to be. And everything is just winding. And that's, uh, you know, hey, I, I love to go visit, but I can't imagine going back there to live anymore. Yeah, I mean, just even at, like saying going down the street, you're like, okay, you're going to get up to the Duncan, take a right, but there's 30 Duncans on the way, and you're just like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> that's that's New England, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it was crazy when I lived there. Like, I mean, um, we have a little joke um, in my family where it's just like, you know, it's not America runs on Duncan. It's like it's Boston, and it's the New England area that runs on Duncan because I've never seen so many when I've been out there. Yeah, it's every street corner. It's just ridiculous. Oh, it's every street corner. It's every <laughs> bus stop. It's every subway station. There's a Duncan everywhere. 
It's just yeah. crazy. And, you, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, all of them, all the people that go to Dunkin's, they, you know, if they're eating so many dang donuts, they would all look like the dumb fat commissioner, you know, big and fat, but no, you know, what's going on here? So it's just, uh, it's wild. All right. Yeah. So you, so you go to post for a year and you decide that eh, Connecticut's not for me. Um, what was it? How did you get in contact with, uh, with central Oklahoma and how did you land in scenic Edmond America? Um, so yeah, if it, um, I, right as I knew, I just didn't want to go back. I contacted my old coach, um, my old assistant coach, Austin Balco. Yeah. And he, he had played at El Paso gro- um, growing up and he was, um, like his last year, um, he had, uh, my, he had ribs. Uh, as the, um, I believe as his rookie. And so he just, um, kind of contacted, um, or Austin contacted ribs for me and just said, Hey, you're looking for a guy. And, you know, as soon as I told Austin, I'm looking for somewhere ribs called me within about 30 minutes of that. Really? Yeah. He called me right away and just, it kind of just was like, Hey, you know, I, I saw you committed to post and I didn't want to, you know, step on anybody's toes. So I, I kind of, I wanted to recruit you, but just didn't get to it um, kind of deal. And then we just started talking and kind of hit it off. What was, uh, tell, tell me the sales pitch for coming to Edmond, Oklahoma. Cause you got to admit, we've talked Madison, we've talked Salt Lake. We, now we've talked, you know, New England, Hartford area, the New Haven area. None of them are Edmond. None of them are the suburbs of uh, Oklahoma city. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was hard over the phone to say the least. I mean, yeah. um, uh, coach did a great job explaining everything and trying to talk about, you know, the school and all these other things about, you know, all the, all the great stuff and all, he sent me a lot of photos, which helped, but, um, ultimately he kind of just like looked at me and was like, you gotta, you gotta come out here and see it for yourself. Because at that point, um, I was talking to, UCO and I was talking to Liberty, oh. um, just because of my, um, I had four teammates that are four teammates now that are playing for Liberty, um, on the D one team. And so I, I kind of wanted to go up there just cause I knew them and I felt like it could be a really good spot, yeah. um, to be. And so I had a tryout, uh, the week after, um, going to Oklahoma at the time. And so coach was like, why don't you just come out to come to check out Oklahoma? And so, uh, me and my dad just got on a plane and we flew down. Um, and you know, COVID was obviously a big deal at the time and being down in Oklahoma, it looked like it was just normal, normal life at that point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad, if that's a good indication as to how seriously people took it, or, uh, if it's a bad indication as to how seriously people took it, but, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of crazy. Okay. So Liberty versus UCO. Now you can't go wrong there. I mean, two top notch ACHA programs. But one's a little different than the other. Um, oh. Yeah, ultimately, why did you choose UCO? So, I mean, just kind of, I mean, going through the first day, um, I'm going to give him another shout out. Dr. Uh, Dr. Tyner showed me around the, the school. He got me in the business building, walked me around, showed me the campus, and his, um, and his wife made the best chocolate chip cookies I've ever had. Yeah. And she, yeah, so he, she made me some of those, and we were just kind of hanging out and, you know, seeing the rink seeing the barn and kind of just understanding, okay, this is where I'm going to be. And then being in the UCO locker room, like compared to post post had lockers that were about, about 16 to 18 inches wide. That's how big <laughs> our locker was at the rink. And so UCO, I got, I got ample space on both sides. You know, I'm, I'm sitting in four feet wide yeah. type, of, type of locker room. And so, you know, it was quite, um, kind of that. And then, you know, I'm just, 
just the way they were talking and the the people were just the people were so nice and like just the the night before I decided um, I was I was down there and I actually committed um, on my on my visit down there um, just because I knew it just was unbelievable but I got. Um, me and my dad ordered pizza and I told the person I would meet him at the front door um, of the lobby, but they came all like I went down as they were coming up to our room. Yeah. And so I met the person in the lobby and he like the, the lady was just like, Oh, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, I screwed it up. That was on me. Like, you don't have to tip me. Don't do this. Don't do that. And it just was, it just hit me right in the, right in the heart where it's like, you know, they, they just care about being genuine people. And I just, I knew then, and I kind of looked at my dad and he, you know, he had been on multiple trips with my brother, you know, my brother had a couple offers to, uh, Western Michigan and a couple other spots, um, when he was playing and just pretty much my dad looked at me and he goes, you're not going to get treated any better than this. And I was going to Liberty on a tryout that they had like a summer camp Yeah, and they were like, Oh, we'll take a look at you. And, um, coach was looking at me and he said, Hey, we want you. Here's the, here's the contract. He gave it to me on the first day and said, you can think about it, but here, here's the contract if you want to play for us. And just the faith that he, he had in me before he even really knew me as a, like a real player and getting to talk to me besides, you know, over the phone, it was just one of those where it was like, you know, he has a lot of faith and, um, it just made picking UCO that much easier. Very cool. Very cool. That's uh, it makes a lot of sense, right? It's, it's good to be wanted as opposed to yeah. just saying, yeah, you know, come on in. And if you, if you make it, you know, uh, in, in plus at UCO, you, you know, they have one team. So you're, yeah. you know, you're coming to UCO, you make the team. Whereas at Liberty, they have what three teams and they have the ability. If you don't make the big D one team, you can go play D two or D three. And you, yeah, you, and- you want to play the top. Like you said, you want to the best wants to play the best. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I knew a bunch, I mean, I got to meet, uh, uh, Vitaly and, um, on my, on my trip and, you know, I could tell the commitment from day one, you know, how serious they took it and, um, stuff like that. And then, um, you know, just the way, um, I mean, my coach at post, he was, you know, he was a good guy. He was, um, very nice, knew a lot about hockey, but I mean, it was unfortunate, but he was, he was very old and, you know, kind of the polar opposite with uh coach ribs is i mean he's young and he was he's really eager and he wants the best for everybody and he cares so much that it you knew he you knew he had a great heart and it was just kind of one of those things where i was like you have a coach that cares about the game that wants to be there and you know i don't think he's moving i don't think he's gonna leave the program here in the next few years so i was like this is this is a guy that's committed to you and he wants you here you might as well you might as well run with it yeah, very nice. Very nice. All right. So uh, I, I'm going to presume since Dr. Tyner gave you the, the tour of the big business school that you're uh, majoring in something in business? Business management. All right. And what is it that uh, that you want to do with that when you eventually get out? What's your three, four years from now, what is it you envision yourself doing with that business management degree? Um, working in restaurants. So my parents own a, a restaurant and tavern back in Madison, um, down in the, down the college campus area. It's called state street brats. And, um, you know, I've been, been in there since I've been eight, I've been bussing tables and stuff. And I just, I've fell in love with the, um, working, yeah. um, at the restaurant. And so I, I really want to own my own restaurant and run it and maybe even join my family's business. My brother's running it right now. So maybe I join my brother or possibly just, work in the restaurant field somewhere where I want to live and just kind of go from there and try to own my own restaurant by the end. 
Very, very cool. That's that's pretty awesome. State Street Brats, huh? Yes. Now, is that the is is that place just swamped on game day up there? I've never been to a Wisconsin football game, but I imagine what what does Camp Randall Stadium hold? Does that hold like eighty thousand people? Right around there, yes, I believe. And so, is State Street Brats just swamped with eighty thousand people on Saturdays? It definitely it definitely feels like it for sure. I mean, it's packed to the brim. I mean. We have lines that are 20 people deep because we do it uh, tavern style where you order up at the bar. So like yeah. lines are lines are all the way deep and, you know, people are wanting brats. They want burgers and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's absolute chaos for um, eight days of the year, especially just because, you know, of all the home football games. And we're about a mile away from the football stadium, but everyone comes there. Everyone's on the main street. Every bar is packed. And then everybody kind of go. everybody – goes to the football stadium and walks them out but we're also like three blocks away from the Cole center which is where the basketball and hockey teams play okay so it's definitely just it's a perfect little niche spot well how what what's what are busier nights for uh for the state street brats football or uh hockey and basketball nights um usually football football's our biggest uh football's the biggest um okay um money maker for us luckily and then you know football and basketball do really well at um, as well, but a lot more people are not like, you know, when you go to a football game in Madison, that's like your whole day and you're making it a tight type of experience, a hockey game or a basketball game doesn't have the same, like it's a football town, yeah. but they still love hockey and they love basketball. We just won't get the same crowd just because they're like, Oh, we're just going to go there for the night. So, you know, half the people are like, Oh, we'll eat at home and then we'll go to the game type of deal. Very cool. All right. All right. Well, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? You've got 80,000 people versus 15,000 people coming in. And, uh, you know, football is, as you said, only eight days, six, seven, eight days out of the year, whereas you have, what, 20, you know, 20 games in basketball, 20 games in hockey at home. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, let, let, let me ask you this dumb question. You're talking about coming from a restaurant family. Are you familiar at all with that television show called The Bear? The bear, uh, no, uh, that new one that's out, right? Yeah, on FX, it's about a a family owned. Uh, it's an Italian beef uh, restaurant out of the Chicago area. So, uh, all right, well, if, if you're if you're interested and you got nothing to do, it sounds like though, with you being in Vail with a whole lot of family, you're going to have plenty to do. But uh, maybe if the internet goes off or uh, or if you find yourself you know stranded for some reason. You can download some episodes of The Bear. I was going to ask if that was uh, if, if that's true to life in terms of the family business, but uh, I'll, I'll, we'll have to circle back with Caden Muir to figure that one out. Yeah, I'll have to keep you posted. I'm and I'm uh, I'm going to be babysitting for my uh, my sister here on Friday, so I'll probably probably put it on the TV and just try to enjoy it while everybody's gone. Holy smokes! How many people are in your family? You have a brother who played hockey. You're you babysitting for your sister. How many yeah, I- how many viewers are there? There, there are five, uh, five kids in yeah. the family. I'm the baby, and my uh, my sister, my sister Molly's the oldest. We're 16 years apart, um, and it's actually funny. So, and uh, at one point in my family, we had a kid in college, high school, uh, middle school, grade school, and preschool. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you're, you're poor parents. I'm <laughs> telling you what, yikes! All right, well, let, let me ask you a couple of questions, and then we'll get you out of here. Um, you're, you've you're, you're in Edmond, you're playing at UCL. I'm sure part of the recruiting pitch was not, oh, by the way, your arch rival is going to be playing in the same rink. What's that been like this season with Oklahoma now playing in the same rink as Central Oklahoma? Yeah, I mean, there's not really any – it's really weird. I, I got to be completely honest. It, it just feels really weird. 
I mean the I mean the, you've seen you've seen the barn. It's all it's all blue and yellow. It's oh, it's yeah. our it's our rink. You know, we have our logo in the middle, and it's just when they put up that red, it's it's just weird. And I mean, <laughs> I I don't I, and I don't mean to be uh, rude to OU, but it, it's it's just weird and it feels wrong. It just does. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you don't leave them uh, little notes on the glass or something that says you know uh, you know you don't leave them little love notes or something when before after your practice for them to see when they come out on the ice to practice. Well, they practice down at the Blazers still. They just come up for the games. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, that's right. So, I mean, otherwise, yeah, we'd probably be leaving. We'd probably be leaving some notes on the glass and other things like that. <laughs> it does. It. It. But you're right. It does feel a little different. They've done a decent job of trying to make it, you know, as as homey as they can. But there's just no getting around the fact that there's, you know, the big Bronco on the side of the wall and all the championship banners hanging from, you know, directly over the benches. Yeah, and you know the big UCO right there in the center of the uh, center ice. So yeah, it's just tough to uh, tough to get around. They've been dealt a tough hand, and I guess you know they're trying to make some lemonade out of the lemons they were dealt. But yeah, it's just really weird. Oh, absolutely, and they're I mean they are really trying very very hard, and it and it's great to see that they're built. They're trying to build something here in Oklahoma, and not just you know fold in and you know get more kids active in the game and stuff like that. So you know at the end of the day. If it means we're getting more kids involved, that's what matters. All right. Now, you're in Edmond, going to school, and uh, playing hockey. Tell me, Caden, what else is there to do in in Edmond, America? Um, In Edmond, America, I mean, um, downtown um, Edmond has really cool, like, you know, individual shops and little restaurants and stuff like that, which is a lot of fun. Um, You know, but... uh, a lot of the a lot of the fun comes from just being around um, the people that you're with. Like I, I love hanging out with uh, our teammates and stuff like that. You know, that's probably the most fun I have. I mean, we love going and hanging out together and kind of doing dinners from time to time. So it's fun that way. But you know, I would say that I mean, there's a Top Golf that's semi nearby, and then you know, there's you know little things here and there. But you got to find your little niches in Edmond. You know, it's not just going to come out and jump at you. Yeah, and you're going to see it. You got to go find it yourself. But when you find stuff that's, you know, little little dive um, dive restaurants and stuff like that, you're gonna you're gonna really enjoy it and um, you know respect it a lot more. When mom and dad come to town, where where do you bring them? Where's the some local flavor that you bring them for? Uh, whether in terms of restaurants or uh, you know um, attractions or something, when 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 you want to show them a decent time, where do you, where do you bring them? Oh, I love taking uh, I love taking my parents to. Um, Eddie's is a big spot um, down in Edmond, um, kind of by the uh, by the campus, and then um, kind of a little bit farther out, there's a restaurant called Bandy's Barbecue, and I'm a I'm a sucker for barbecue, and yeah. it, I, it's it is the one of the best barbecues I've ever had, and it's it's delicious. Okay, all right. What do you go for? I mean, are you a pulled pork guy? Are you a are you a brisket? Or are you a rib guy? What's the uh, go to there for barbecue for just in case we we decide to show up? Um, I definitely, I'm a big fan of pulled pork, but I mean, if you can get as many meats, I'm just, I just love the taste of just having it smoked and all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter what kind it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I love a brisket too. Brisket is probably, probably my all time favorite, but if I have to eat on a normal basis, I'm going to go pulled pork. Okay. Very good. Well, that's can't go wrong with barbecue. That's for, that's for darn sure. Especially if it's good barbecue. Oh yeah. So yeah. Okay. All right. Now you recently, um, you guys 
took a trip. You, you ended the semester with a, uh, a trip to scenic North Dakota. What in the world was uh, your scheduler thinking by going to North Dakota in the middle of December? Um, I mean, it, it's definitely Ribs doing that one, but I mean, the, it was a plan from day one. I mean, he he wanted that schedule, and I mean, all of us all of us would take it any single day. You know, it's unfortunate the way it bounced for us, where you know we tied and then lost two, but you know, we we were ones that kind of wanted that schedule. We wanted a tougher schedule and wanted to kind of just play, you know, the best around. And if that means we got to go drive up to North Dakota, then, then so be it. You know, we, we love the hard times, you know, it kind of, we kind of get gritty. I mean, kind of going off of last year, you know, we had a little bit of a tough schedule and kind of playing, you know, getting Missouri state, Iowa state, um, going to Arizona state, playing those guys when, you know, they were really good teams and, you know, we love the toughness of the schedule. Even if we, even if we do happen to lose, you know, it, we think it does a lot more for us. Okay. All right. Well, what, what did you, I mean, I, I got to imagine, I've been up there to Minot, haven't been to Jamestown yet, haven't had the pleasure, but I've got to imagine that it's, uh, the landscape is pretty darn similar, uh, flat and white in December. Um, what was it? I mean, we talked about culture shocks going from Madison to Salt Lake to the East coast and now to Edmond. But I mean, have you been, was that your first time going to North Dakota? That was my first time in uh, North Dakota. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was cold and it was balmy and but I mean I I really it sounds crazy but I did love how cold it was there I mean it was five degrees and sometimes negative but you actually felt the cold you know like here in Edmond I mean it gets cold um, every once in a while but it's a lot of wind and it's just like it that kind of cold frustrates me but like when you feel real cold and you're like oh it's chilly but you know you can live through it. That's the that's the kind of cold I like. Okay, all right, and I guess that's the kind of cold you're used to coming from uh, Wisconsin, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because down here, I mean, when they, when they when that guy wrote the song about Oklahoma, he meant it. When the wind comes whipping <laughs> on the plane, that's, yeah, that's the thing I cannot stand is uh, ice and wind. Uh, I'm yeah. okay with snow and cold, but ice and wind, man, I send that away. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. Uh, what's so other than that trip to uh, to Minot? What's been in your college career so far, especially at UCO? What's been your best road trip that you've taken so far? Uh, best road trip. I mean, uh, I mean, last year to St. Louis was a, a lot of fun for us. I really enjoyed that one. I love going to Arizona State last year. We got stuck in Albuquerque for about four hours. Um, just there was uh, traffic on the road and an uh, accident and we had to kind of just sit in the bus and we didn't move for f- like four hours. So that was, that was really fun. Just being with the boys and playing cards in the back and hanging out and kind of really getting to know each other. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, even this year, I mean, I've loved, we, I mean, traveling, traveling to Alabama was fun. Really? Um, we, yeah, we got a, we got this weird sleeper bus and it was like a, it looked like a SWAT truck. And it was really, it was really weird. Like it was a cube, like a rectangular, um, type of sleeper bus, but just the way it like looked, looked from the outside, it looked like we were just like rolling up with armor vehicles and just ready to come through. And it was pretty funny trying to, you know, the dimensions of trying to load, um, bags and stuff underneath because there wasn't all that much room underneath. And we had a, we have our, um, our box, which has like, you know, extra laces and all that stuff. And it barely fits. So it took us like 10 minutes to try to figure out how to get this thing in. And so we're all kind of struggling, trying to push this in. 
and deal with it. And, you know, we're, we're all kind of getting frustrated with it. And just one of our guys just decides, you know, what, I'm just going to kind of kick it with my leg. And somehow it just goes in and we're just like, we've been working on it for 10 minutes and now it fits and that kind of stuff. So it's just, you know, it's little things on the road trips that make, uh, make it a lot of fun to say the least. Yeah. Well, my, my experience is again, not being a hockey guy, but my experience is, um, the, the memories that last aren't the scores and they aren't the, uh, game results. It's the experience, the, the travel, the time on the bus, the, you know, walking across to the McDonald's in the frozen tundra or getting stuck for four hours on the side of I-40, you know, for whatever reason it is. It's, uh, those are, those are good times. All right. And so you said St. Louis, that was what, going to nationals? Yeah, going to nationals was a lot of fun. Just being, um, you know, kind of like just the feeling we had and how giddy we were on the bus and just, you know, you know, we were all laughing and joking, but we also realized how serious we had to take it. And, you know, you know, it's a, it's a fun ride. I, I unfortunately didn't get to play, um, much in that tournament just because I blew my knee out in the first game against, uh, Indiana tech. Yeah. But, um, you know, being around the boys, you know, in the, in the hotel and stuff like that, like that's the, that's the fun stuff. You know, we we were all taking ice baths and doing stuff like every day. So like you were around all the guys and, you know, you, you knew it was like kind of crazy what we were doing and like, we were kind of living off a high, but at the same time we knew, you know, it was going to, it was going to be something special. Well, let's talk about that. You played against Indiana Tech in the first game, and that was a that was a very tight game. Yeah. And then you're you're done, or at least you get injured, and you're done for UCO's run at nationals. But holy smokes, UCO has a deep run. Take yeah, out it, take out uh, UNLV. You have that massive five overtime game against Iowa State. You play for the championship. You're one twenty minutes away, basically, from taking down you know Big Lindenwood. How was that? How did your role change? And and what was that like for you personally? I mean, it had to have. You, you wanted to be out there on the ice. I get that, and the fact that you were injured sucked. But I mean, you also you're by the end of the season, you're a a, a little gang, a band of brothers. Oh yeah, I mean it. It was tough. I mean, it really sucked. I had my family come out and watch and, you know, I felt really bad for them in the stands, but you know, it just, it shows, it showed a lot of our, our depth and how, how much, you know, we have this kind of this policy of next man up and, you know, we, we stuck to it and we, we were ready to go every single game. And, you know, it, it wasn't by luck that we got there either, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and you can say the overtimes. Yeah. You know, it, it goes one way or the other. I mean, one shot makes a difference, but you know, we, you know, we just, we're a very resilient team and it was just, it was crazy being in the stands. You know, I'm, you know, I'm a very cheery guy on the bench. I'm, I'm very talkative trying to pump guys up and stay active. And, you know, it was hard not being on the bench because, you know, you can see the guys, you know, you see some of them are frustrated when they come back to the bench because, you know, they, they made a bad play. And I was always kind of that guy was just like, Hey, let's just keep going. We got this, believe in ourselves. And, you know, it was, it was hard being up in the stands to watch it, but you know, at the same time, it was really cool to watch, watch how we did it and got to see it from a different perspective. And it, it helps you grow a lot as a player. I thought just because I got to see it from, you know, the stands and I get to see little plays and kind of see it more of a coaching angle than a player angle. Okay. All right. Interesting. Do you think it's uh, that, that experience has made you better this season or because you've had that different perspective? Oh, I, I absolutely do. You know, I'm, um, I think it's just taught me, you know, you can't really take a lot of things for granted and you gotta just, you know, really go after when you do. And like, you know, you can watch film on a camera 
50 times, but if you like it, seeing the whole ice is just a different game of understanding. Oh, okay. Like coaches tell me to do this. I now understand it because I see it from farther away instead of seeing it through that one lens on the camera that, you know, you watch film from our YouTube every day, you yeah. know, you're just watching going, okay, here. But if you get that back perspective, you go, okay, I have to do this because it allows this guy on the far side to come over things like that. So it, it definitely helped me learn that there's, you know, a little bit more to the game. Okay. Very cool. Now I got to ask you this, Caden, because I've seen your pregame warm-up routine and, oh and, it, and it's insane. Holy smokes. You, you've almost run me over a couple of times. Um, oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, I, it's because I'm so damn big. I'm, I'm, I can't help but be in anybody's way. But um, I, I got to ask. I mean, you're, you, you said you're, you got hurt. You got injured. You're very physical, uh, you know, type of a player. How frustrating. Um, well, first, I guess, let's talk about that, that pregame routine. Wh- what is that all about? And is that something that's a, a mere family tradition? Is that the, something your, your family brought? And then how frustrating was it to be injured and not to be able to be that, as physical as you are? Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't a family tradition. I, um, so I, when I go back in Madison, I have a, I have a training program there. It's called total athlete performance. And I've been with them since I was with the Madison capitals and, um, you know, they had been working on speed and that was one of the biggest things, um, you know, in my freshman year when I was at post, you know, I did, I did gain, um, a significant amount of weight. Um, you know, I wasn't fast. I was pretty slow. And so I luckily, um, went on a diet and I lost a lot of the weight and, um, I was with my trainers and they were talking about how we need to work on speed. So all that stuff you see me do, and I, I really don't want to get too much into it because it, uh, it, I know it's ridiculous and it's a really goofy. Well, no, but, no, but we also don't want to give away any state secrets, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> oh, that's your thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, they started talking about speed. And so like the little things that I'm doing, you know, are just, you know, twitching my muscles to get ready to get ready to run and get ready to move and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's kind of just like a wake up call for my body to be like, okay, you're about to just go to high intensity real quick. Yeah, and I, I got to tell you, I mean, it's impressive to see because, you know, there's a lot of guys that, uh, you know, get the soccer ball out and just do some keepy-uppy and, you know, hang around and do some, uh, you know, plyometric type stuff in terms of stretching. And that wasn't, that's, maybe that is part of Caden Muir's routine, uh, but what, what you see in the hallway is definitely not. It's the, as you say, the high intensity, that twitch, uh, reflex, um, you, you get going, there's high energy. And I, 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 I was sitting there talking to ribs as you were racing by back and forth. And I was like, the kid's going to burn himself out before warmups. And, and, yeah. and ribs just said, no, no, he's, there's gas in that tank all day long. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm very lucky. I, I get it. I think a lot from my mom and my dad. Um, but yeah, I got a really high motor and like, you know, you say that kind of stuff, but I mean, even my teammates, like that, that's the biggest joke around the, around the area with me. They always are like, you know, I'm always trying something new to work on, like getting more fast twitch or getting just a little bit stronger, a little bit, um, just trying to get just a little bit more of an advantage. And so I'm doing crazy stuff in the gym that we have and stuff like that. So they kind of, they get, they make fun of me a lot and it's, it's pretty funny, but you know, it's, yeah. At the end of the day, I know it's good for me, and I know it's going to make me better, so it makes the team better. And, you know, the boys can make fun of me all they want, and I could care less. There you go. Results. It's all about the results, right? They don't ask exactly. how. They just ask how many. 
Exactly. Well, very good. All right, we'll get you out of here with this question. What's uh, we're, we're here at the semester break. UCO is ranked number six or seven in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Give me a give me a prediction. Give me what you what you expect to happen in the spring. And I know we're going to go back to Boston again. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's a that's a given. What uh, what's your expectation here for UCO and Caden Muir here in the spring? Uh, I mean, right off the bat, a national championship. I mean, there's nothing nothing more. I mean, we all set it out from day one and. Um, you know, we're, we're here to grab that, even though we've had some turbulence along the way, we're going to, we're going to get that national championship, but you know, you know, Western or the Western, um, the WCHL title is always great, but you know, we'd rather have the national championship versus that any day of the week. Yep. Um, but you know, for me, I just hope to continue where I'm at, you know, I'm having a, I'm having a great season right now. You know, I had a rough start just, you know, trying to recover with my knee a little bit more than, you know, I thought it was healed, but realized it really wasn't to get to that high intensity where I wanted to be. So it's taken me a while to fully understand, you know, you know, I can't do some of the things that I used to and other things like that. But, you know, I'm expecting to just continue on the path that I am, you know, be a good, be a great teammate to the boys and, you know, help them as much as I can, you know, put a few pucks in the back of the net, but, you know, be able to really, control the game when i'm out there that's that's the biggest part for me i when i feel like i'm in control that's when i do my best very good very good well hey continued uh, success here in the spring um I'll, i'm sure i'll see you at the rink i'll make sure to not to get in the way of you in the hallway um and then uh yeah i'm looking forward to uco and the uh, blue and gold getting up there to boston and uh putting another knot on a couple of people's foreheads and winning uh, it'd be nice to bring home some hardware again Oh, absolutely. We need to bring it back down to Edmund. Yeah, very nice. Get a third picture on the hallway wall, right? Oh, yeah. We got to get it right above the door. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Caden Muir, listen, thank you for your time this afternoon. Appreciate it. Thank your family for putting up with me, interrupting your busy day there. I can tell there was some folks there that needed some some of your attention. And here you are talking to a dumb commissioner on a Wednesday afternoon. So I appreciate your time. And uh, listen, we just wish you a very Merry Christmas. Safe, Stay warm up there in Vail, okay? I will. Well, thank you for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Not a problem. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. All right, that's Caden Muir. Um, stick around, and we'll get right out of here. Hold on. Well, hey, how about that? Did I tell you that was fun or what? I mean, that's uh, we could have gone on for a lot longer time, and who knows? Maybe we'll... Uh, We'll have Caden on again because that was, I enjoyed that. That was pretty good. Listen, thanks to you for listening to the WCHL podcast. Thanks to Caden Muir for taking time out of his busy day to put up with me and all of my baloney. Thanks to Central Oklahoma's Michael Rivera for making this interview happen with Caden. And uh, again, thank you for your support of the ACHA, for your support of the teams that play in the Western Collegiate Hockey League and for your support of this absolutely craptastic podcast. We want everybody to stay safe, stay warm. This will be our little uh, Christmas present, if you will, to everybody. Um, Just kind of something to listen to uh, as you're opening your presents or maybe as you're coming off of your... uh, is your, is your, I don't know, recovering from opening up all of the Christmas presents. But whatever the case, listen, thank you from the bottom of our heart here at the Western Collegiate Hockey League and at this WCHL podcast. Thank you for your support. Thank you for uh, tuning in and listening. We hope that everybody stays safe. We hope that everybody has a very, uh, very Merry Christmas. And that's enough. I'm going to get out of here. We'll uh, keep the player interviews going and we'll uh, just everybody stay warm. Take care of one another, would you?